Blog Talk Radio. <clears throat> Hello, everyone. This is Sean Cleveland with Regeneration X. And I just want to say today is a day of correction. I'm just going to jump right into this. And what's being corrected, you may ask. Well, let's let's talk about this. You know, different places, different countries, different nations, different cities, states have their own lingo. And, you know, I live here, United States of America, the great state of Ohio, Lorraine County, the city of Lorraine. And so there's a different vibe here than and maybe in other places, even here in the state. And we may have our own way of saying things. And like, for instance, when it's raining really hard and you come inside a building and maybe you come in to uh, hang out with some of your friends and they see you're wet and they can hear the rain, and they'll ask you, wait, what's it doing out there? And I might say, it's raining cats and dogs. Now, for someone who is not maybe here from the United States, and they hear me say it's raining cats and dogs, they may find that strange or, or terrifying because they may actually think, I mean it literally, that what they hear hitting the roof of the building is not rain, but it's cats and dogs literally falling out of the sky. But somebody who was raised here in the United States knows that when I say cats and dogs, I just mean it's raining really, really hard. It's coming down fast, and it's, it's strong uh, uh, rain with force. So that person who's not from the States and, he hears his raining cats and dogs, and he's not uh, told what that actually means. He may go back to his country and start sharing how uh, his trip went, and he, and he might say, it was raining out, and you could hear the rain, but it wasn't water. It was cats and dogs falling from the sky. And the people might say, are you serious? They have cats and dogs falling from the sky? And the guy may say, yeah. Uh, one of the men came in and said, it's raining cats and dogs. And so the people of his city, village, might get the impression that over here in the United States, when it rains, cats and dogs fall out of the sky. And they need correction. No, 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 that's just an expression. And they may need to explain to them where somebody from the United States wouldn't need it to be explained to them. And there's things that were in the original scripture, original text, that the writers, the Hebrew writers, wrote something out and they didn't explain it because they knew any Hebrew who read it would understand what they were talking about just from the portion of whatever they read. As 
here in the United States, most Americans would understand raining cats and dogs as it's raining really hard out. So when the Greek translators translated the scriptures from the original Hebrew script, there are some things written down that they necessarily didn't understand and they translated in the best way that they could because they didn't speak Hebrew uh, as well as somebody who grew up in it. And I have an understanding of that because um, I grew up in a small college town here in Ohio, a place called Oberlin. And I didn't grow up hearing Spanish. But as I got older, I got in high school, I took a Spanish as a class, and then um, I hung out with a lot of people here in the city of Lorraine, and they have a large Latino community where a lot of people speak Spanish. And after I gave my life to the Lord, I ended up doing missions trip to, trips to Mexico. So I have learned some Spanish, but it's not um, my first language. I'm not fluent. So I understand I have to be careful when I try to translate something for somebody because people have asked me, and certain things I'm better at than others. But I know I can mess up the translation since I'm not fluent in that language. And I'll find somebody who is fluent in English and Spanish to translate something that I find hard or something I don't understand because you can really mess things up in, in translation. And that's what happened when the original uh, Hebrew text was translated by the Greeks. There were some things they didn't understand, some things they translated they didn't translate right, or sometimes they even added things or took away things just because they didn't understand or they wanted to try to make it make sense to them. And so there are some things that uh, after we're translating to the Greek and then into English, and many other languages, there were some, there was something lost in translation, as the saying goes. And it's very true. You can lose the actual meaning of a text, of a phrase, of uh, anything from another language. You can lose the real meaning once it's translated out of its original language, if you're not careful with the translation. And so we have these things that happen in the making of what we call the Bible. And I have an English Bible, and after studying the Hebrew language and the uh, studying things about the original Hebrew text, I have come to realize there are some things that believed uh, most of my, my life. I grew up attending church and then I got saved, been over 24 years now. And there were things that I, I realized that the translation was not right in the scriptures or that even some things after looking back at the original text, that some things were actually added to the scriptures during the translation. And so I had to bring correction into my life and the way I taught and the way I thought, and I would think back, oh, now that I understand that I actually preached on that, I was preaching wrong. 
and I wish there had been somebody there that could me, but most of the people around me also were preaching wrong because of the mistranslation or the changing or adding of scripture. And that's why we have to really be like the Bereans who when they they heard Paul preach, they went back and they researched the the scriptures. They researched what he was talking about to see if he said was correct, was true. They just didn't believe it. They had to have an understanding and and knowing of what Paul preached. And you can see this, and I believe it was on the 17th chapter of Acts. And so we have to be vigilant in our reading and our studies that we come to understand what is really um, the original text, uh, what is maybe a mistranslation or what is something that was added that shouldn't have been added, and to seek out things that belonged that were taken out. And this happened more times than I want to admit in the scriptures and what we call the modern-day Bible. And yes, I know there are probably people out there already, well, I believe the way I believe all these years, I'm not going to change. Well, I still have to tell the truth of the gospel message because I will be held accountable for what I preach and teach before the throne room at the judgment seat. And so I have to be honest and bring correction. And I just want to read uh, a passage of scripture that I've read many times and uh, I've actually got it wrong. And a lot of other people have also. If you're following along, please turn to Matthew chapter 18, and I'm going to start reading at verse 18. The Lord had been talking about correcting a, a sinning brother. And so uh, we get down to verse 18, and it says, Surely I say to you, whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven. And whatever you loose on earth will be loosed in heaven. Again, I say to you that if two of you agree on earth concerning anything that they ask, it would be done for them by my Father in heaven. For where two or three are gathered together in my name, I am there in the midst of them. So I, I read this portion of scripture scripture many times, especially when it says two or three are gathered in my name, there I am in the midst of you. And I would hear people quote that, and I would quote it, and we would always say it when we uh, maybe had a uh, a prayer meeting. Hey, we're going to get together for prayer, and only uh, a couple people show up after we invited, like 15 people, only like maybe three people show up. And we're like, well, we're just two or three gathered, He's in the midst of us, so we're, we're good. The Lord is with us. And I started thinking, but isn't he with me even when I'm alone? The answer to that is yes. So I felt I really need to get understanding of um, the, this portion of Scripture 
especially when it's talking about binding and loosing, what is bound on earth is bound in heaven, and what is loosed on earth is loosed in heaven. And I come to find out this passage of Scripture, starting in verse 18, actually is out of the Babylonian Talmud, uh, another book, but it's mainly about people's opinions and not necessarily uh, true doctrine. And so when I studied that and I learned this scripture and learned what was behind it, it was, and so I, I read that scripture and I studied and I found out when it, it, it did come out of the Babylonian Talmud, a different book, and what it was saying, the the men, the Pharisees and Sadducees and all them who were connected to the Sanhedrin, which was like the court, uh, for the Hebrews, and they got together, and the problem with with their lives is that they were creating their own laws. They weren't just following scripture. They were coming up with their own laws to coincide with scripture that the Lord had imparted to men like Moses. And so one of the things they imparted was this, these verses, and they actually believed this. When they got together and they were dealing with a, a situation and they would pass a judgment and say uh, a man had an issue, he was facing maybe being stoned to death for an offense, and they would judge if he is to be stoned or not. And they felt whatever they they judged, however they judged him, that when they did judge him, the Spirit of the Lord actually came down from heaven and sat down with them and rendered judgment with them. And whatever judgment they put down, whether they felt the man was guilty or they felt he was innocent, that whatever they said was right judgment, not only was it supposed to be held to on the earth, that it couldn't be broken once they uh, judged, I say, the man guilty. That was it. He was guilty. Nobody could change it. Everybody had to adhere to it. He had to be dealt with because they have judged the situation. But not only did the people have to adhere to it and have no power to change it, they these men felt and taught that not only the people were bound by this now, this judgment, that the Lord himself was now bound by this judgment, that he did not have the power to change it once they rendered judgment. The Lord himself could not change this judgment of mere mortals. They believed that, that once they put down the judgment, that our Heavenly Father had to obey it. He had to obey them. That's what this is, is going on in Matthew 18. So what they say, what is bound on earth is bound in heaven, 
They're saying what we have decreed on earth and cannot be broken is now that same decree is in heaven and heaven cannot break it. Or we lose somebody here on earth, the Lord himself in heaven has to release them. He can't pronounce judgment over them because they've been loosed by these men. So our Father in heaven has no choice but to obey them and loose this person also. That's what they thought, that their judgment had power over our Father in heaven, that he had to obey man. So right away when I discovered that, I knew that wasn't true doctrine. That didn't belong in the Gospels where you have men superseding the power of the Lord and that their judgment is above his judgment where obedience is not of men obeying the Lord but is the Lord obeying men. And that blew my mind. Knowing that this portion of scripture was talking about men having authority over the authority of the Most High. And there was always two or three of them that passed judgment. That's what that other, uh, other portion of scripture meant. When there's two or three, the Lord is in the midst of you. They're saying when there are two or three of them passing judgment, the Lord is also there, and he's agreeing with them. He, he's bound to obey their judgment. It's not about getting together and praying or getting together to fast, which of many people have used that. Hey, there's two or more of us here. I mean, the Lord is with us. Whatever we do, he's with you when you're alone. And so I came to understand that man's translation can be wrong and need correction. And a lot of people, I've seen this happen so many times, they'll take their Bible and they'll raise it up in air. And while they're holding it up, they'll say, I believe that this is the inerrant word of God. This is what I believe and know, that the Lord's word, the word of our Father, is without error, his word. But man's translation of the original text, there's error in that. And I want you to understand, the Lord himself, there is no error in anything he does. And he gave his his word, and his word had no error in it. But men took a hold of it, translated it, and now they've created errors in the scriptures. By adding things like this, by mistranslating it because they didn't fully understand what they were translating or, or taking things out because they didn't like certain things. And when I realized that, I, I knew that now it was necessary for me to really preach and preach the gospel truth. And, yes, I know people aren't going to like that. When you mess with somebody's beliefs, 
and you tell them, you know, you believe in this 20, 30, 40 years, and I come and say, you know, that's wrong, what you believe, there's error in that, they're not going to want to receive it. And so I have to make a decision, and you have to make a decision. Are we going to be obedient to the true gospel message? Because we have to preach this gospel. And when I say this gospel, I mean the true word of the Lord, what he spoke to all these men, Moses, Isaiah, Jeremiah, all the old prophets, when they prophesied, they received the word from the Lord. They didn't prophesy on their own. It's the Lord who spoke to them and told them what to say. If you read uh, Ezekiel 37, and Ezekiel is being shown by the Lord, the Valley of Dry Bones, and the dry bones represented Israel in their captivity. And the Lord said to Ezekiel, the prophet, can these dry bones live? And Ezekiel says, you know, Lord. And the Lord goes on to tell him that the dry bones can't live, and he tells him, tells Ezekiel to prophesy over them. But the interesting thing, you go and read this, and I'm going to read it for you. I want you to study it. The Lord says to Ezekiel, he says, for Ezekiel to prophesy to these dry bones, and he says, and to say this. He doesn't leave it up to Ezekiel to come up with the prophetic word or or come up with what to say. He tells him, prophesy and say this. The Lord tells him exactly what he wants him to prophesy. So everything comes from the Lord, his word, his spirit, his truth, his healing, his power. It's all his, and it all comes from him. It does not come from man. It does not come from any other source. So his word is true when it is spoken. But man has caused error by mishandling his word. And it could just be a simple matter of mishandling. They they got it wrong with what they were doing, but then it can be a lie by adding what they decide, hey, you know what, I need to add to the Lord's word. And there's always trouble when we try to put our hands to something. You look at Abraham and Sarah, and the Lord had promised Abraham, a son, but Sarah had to get involved. Oh, you're 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 old, I'm old. There's no way the Lord's going to use it to have a baby. So go lay with my handmaiden and have a kid. She got Ishmael, and then Isaac came from Sarah, and so the bond servant and Sarah both had Abraham's son, and today we still have division. The Jewish nation versus uh, pretty much the Muslim nation, and pretty much every else, every other nation is <laughs> kind of against the Jewish nation of Israel. But that 
division happen because flesh had to be put to God's word, his prophetic word. Instead of just believing it, Sarah, like so many of us, decided we had to help the Lord out. He wasn't getting it right, so we had to do something about it. And these men, these Pharisees, these Sanhedrin, they decided they were going to add something to the scriptures because their authority and their word was above that of the Lord's. And so now we do have errors in the scripture. And it's time for correction. It's long overdue. And we need to know the Hebrew culture of the time, what things meant to those who were preaching. When you read scripture and they're saying something, understand they're not talking to us in the modern times. They're talking to somebody a couple thousand years ago or more. And it was a different culture as well as a different time. So we got to understand the culture and we got to make sure the translation was right. And we really need to research what's going on when we study scripture. Is a time of correction, a time of getting it right, a time of making sure we are preaching his truth, the truth of the Lord. I want to be a testimony that is a true testimony to who the Lord is and not just somebody who's going around talking about things that I truly don't have understanding of, that I'm teaching something I've been taught by a man who did not have the right translation or the right understanding of what the Lord was saying through his prophets. So there's correction coming now, and I have to be faithful to my father because he's always been faithful to me, even when I've been faithless. So let's honor the Lord. My prayer for today is that we would truly study the scriptures truly seek out understanding that we may know what he truly was saying and that we are not afraid to change nor afraid to tell people that it was wrong. It was a mistranslation. This is what this truly means. Because, yes, we are going to face resistance. We're going to face rejection. We're going to face people who are angry at us. I keep facing people in my life, and I just want to share this real quick. I'm an anti-human trafficking advocate, and so I posted a couple articles on my Facebook about human trafficking. In one article, it also involved President Trump, and it was all about human trafficking. It wasn't about politics. And so people who uh, or Trump supporters who are Republicans, my friends came at me, oh, you're just trying to bring down the president, blah, blah, blah. You must be a Democrat. And I'm like, 
No, I'm talking about human trafficking. This had nothing to do with politics, and they didn't want to hear it. And I posted something else about uh, Hunter Biden, Joe Biden. He's running for president now about his son being possibly connected to human trafficking. And then the Democrats were mad at me to be true to what I believed. So you also be true. Bring correction with all you're getting, get understanding, and know that there is error in the hands of men, but not in the voice of the Lord. Amen. This has been Sean Cleveland with Regeneration X. It was an honor to spend my time with you. I love you all. Get that correction, bring correction. All right. God bless.